0: Volume two, Book seven, Chapters thirty nine through forty two of the Life of Apollonius of Tyana. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. The Life of Apollonius of Tyana by Flavius Philostratus, translated by F. C. Coneybear. Volume two, Book seven. Chapter thirty nine now simple-minded people attribute such acts as this to wizardry and they make the same mistake in respect of many purely human actions for athletes resort to this art just as do all who have to undergo a contest in their eagerness to win and although it contributes nothing to their success nevertheless these unfortunate people after winning by mere chance as they generally do rob themselves of the credit And attribute it to this art of wizardry nor does any amount of failure in their enterprise shake their faith in it they merely say such things as this if i had only offered this sacrifice or that if i had only burnt that perfume in place of another i should not have failed to win and they really believe what they say magic also besieges the doors of merchants no less for we shall find them, too, attributing their successes in trade to the wizard or magician, no less than they ascribe their losses to their own parsimony and their failure to sacrifice as often as they should have done. But it is especially lovers who are addicted to this art, for as the disease which they suffer from in any case renders them liable to be deluded, so much so that they go to old hags to talk about it. It is no wonder, I think, that they resort to these impostors, and give ear to their quackeries. They will accept from them a box with stones in it, which they are to wear, some of the bits of stone having come from the depths of the earth, and others from the moon and the stars. And then they are given all the spices which the gardens of India yield, and the cheats exact vast sums of money from them for all this, and yet do nothing to help them at all. For let their favorites only give them the least encouragement, or let the attractions of the lover's presence advance his suit in the very least. And he at once sets out to laud the art as able to achieve everything. While, if the experiment does not come off, he is as ready as ever to lay the blame on some omission. For he will say that he forgot to burn this spice, or to sacrifice or melt up that, and that everything turned upon that, and it was impossible to do without it now the various devices and artifices by which they work signs from heaven and all sorts of other miracles on a wide scale have been actually recorded by certain authors who laugh outright at the art in question but for myself i would only denounce such arts in order to prevent young men from resorting to its professors lest they become accustomed to such things even in fun this digression has led me far enough from my subject, for why should I attack any further a thing which is equally condemned by nature and by law? Chapter 40. After Apollonius had thus revealed himself to Damis and held some further conversation, about midday someone presented himself to them and made the following intimation verbally. The Emperor Apollonius, Releases you from these fetters by the advice of Aelian, and he permits you to take up your quarters in the prison where criminals are not bound, until the time comes for you to make your defense. But you will probably be called upon to plead your case five days from now. Apollonius said, Who then is to get me out of this place? The messenger said, "I. so follow me. And when the prisoners in the free prison saw him again, they all flocked round him, as around one restored to them against all expectations. For they entertained the same affectionate longing for Apollonius as children do for a parent who devotes himself to giving them good advice in an agreeable and modest manner, or who tells them stories of his own youth. Nor did they try to hide their feelings, and Apollonius continued incessantly to give them advice. CHAPTER 41. And on the next day he called Damis and said, My defense has to be pleaded by me on the day appointed. So do you betake yourself in the direction of Decaiarchia, for it is better to go by land. And when you have saluted Demetrius, turn aside to the seashore where the island of Calypso lies, for there you shall see me appear to you. Damis asked, Alive or how? Apollonius, WITH A SMILE, REPLIED, AS I MYSELF BELIEVE, ALIVE, BUT AS YOU WILL BELIEVE, RISEN FROM THE DEAD. ACCORDINGLY, HE SAYS THAT HE WENT AWAY WITH MUCH REGRET, FOR ALTHOUGH HE DID NOT QUITE DESPAIR OF HIS MASTER'S LIFE, YET HE HARDLY EXPECTED HIM TO ESCAPE DEATH. AND, ON THE THIRD DAY, HE ARRIVED AT DICIARCHIA, WHERE HE AT ONCE HEARD NEWS OF THE GREAT STORM WHICH HAD RAGED DURING THOSE DAYS for a gale of rain had burst over the sea sinking some of the ships that were sailing thither and driving out of their course those which were tending to sicily and the straits of messima and then he understood why it was that apollonius had bidden him go by land chapter forty two the events which followed are related by Damas. he says from accounts given by apollonius both to himself and demetrius for he relates that there came to rome from messina in arcadia a youth remarkable for his beauty and found there many admirers and above all domitian whose rivals even the former did not scruple to declare themselves so strong was their attachment the youth however was too high principled and respected his honor now had it been gold that he scorned or possessions or horses such other attractions and lures as sundry persons seek to corrupt young people with we had no call to praise him for the seducer can hardly dispense with such preparations but he was tempted with larger honors than all those put together who ever attracted the glances of sovereigns yet disdained them all for himself in consequence he was cast into prison by his own admirers orders He came up to Apollonius, and made as if he would speak to him, but, being counseled by his modesty to keep silent, did not venture to. Apollonius noticed this, and said, You are confined here, and yet are not of an age to be a malefactor, like ourselves who are hardened sinners. Said the other, Yes, and I shall be put to death, for by our latter-day laws self-respect is honored with capital punishment. Apollonius answered, So it was in the time of Theseus, for Hippolytus was murdered by his own sire for the same reason. Said the other, And I, too, am my own father's victim, for though I am an Arcadian from Messina, he did not give me a Hellenic education, but sent me here to study law, and when I had come here for that purpose, the emperor cast an evil eye on me, But Apollonius feigned not to understand what he meant, and said, "'Tell me, boy, surely the emperor does not imagine you have blue eyes when you have, as I see, black ones, "'or that you have a crooked nose, whereas it is square and regular, like that of a well-executed Hermes. "'Or has he not made some mistake about your hair? "'For, methinks, it is sunny and gleaming, and your mouth, too, is regular.' THAT WHETHER YOU ARE SILENT OR TALKING, IT IS EQUALLY COMELY, AND YOU CARRY YOUR HEAD FREELY AND PROUDLY. SURELY THE EMPEROR MUST BE MISTAKING ALL THESE TRAITS FOR OTHERS, OR YOU WOULD NOT TELL ME HE CAST AN EVIL EYE ON YOU, SAID THE OTHER. THIS IS JUST WHAT HAS RUINED ME, FOR HE HAS CONDESCENDED TO FAVOR ME, AND INSTEAD OF SPARING WHAT HE PRAISES, IS PREPARED TO INSULT ME AS A WOMAN'S LOVER'S MIGHT. Apollonius admired the Arcadian too much to ply him with any further questions, as he noticed that he blushed and was most decorous in his language. So he only put to him the question, Have you any slaves in Arcadia? Why, yes, many, replied the lad. Apollonius said, What relation to them do you consider yourself as holding? He replied, That which the laws assign to me, for I am their master. And must slaves obey their masters, or disdain the wishes of those who are masters of their persons? The other discerned the drift of his question, and answered, I know indeed how irresistible and harsh is the power of tyrants, for they are inclined to use it to overpower even free men. But I am master of my person, and shall guard it inviolate." Apollonius said, How can you do that? For you have to do with an admirer who is prepared to run amuck of your youth, sword in hand. I shall simply hold out my neck, which is all his sword requires. Whereupon Apollonius commended him, and said, I perceive you are an Arcadian. Moreover, he mentions this youth in one of his letters, and gives a much more attractive account of him than I have done in the above. And while praising him for his high principles to his correspondent, adds that he was not put to death by the tyrant. On the contrary, after exciting admiration by his firmness, he returned by ship to Malea, and was held in more honor by the inhabitants of Arcadia than the youths who among the Lacedaemonians surpassed their fellows in their endurance of the scourge. End of Volume 2, Book 7, Chapters 39-42 through 42.